Welcome to Style by Mary Michelle, a podcast designed to empower you through personal style. I'm your host, Mary Michelle Nidefer, a master style coach, founder of Style Finder Boutique, and creator of the Style Finder ID system. I'm here to help you know what to wear, how to wear it, and how to get dressed in seven minutes or less. Let's go. Hello, beautiful podcast friends. Welcome back to Style by Mary Michelle. I am here with the beautiful Deanna Kempel today, and I am so excited to introduce you to this powerhouse woman, businesswoman, podcaster, amazing person. Deanna's story is one of struggle, determination, fortitude, faith, and fashion. Born and raised in the Chicagoland area, Deanna studied business and accounting at Harper College. She went on to become an entrepreneur, simultaneously running four different businesses and closing multi-million dollar contracts. In 2013, Deanna's best friend and husband, Richard, became critically ill, and they set out on a very difficult battle with his health, one that was all too soon lost. Following open heart surgery and a need of a kidney transplant, Deanna dedicated herself to caring for her husband, Richard, serving as a caregiver in those final days of Richard's life was a true awakening for Deanna. In an instant, she realized the preciousness of this one life we are given and that we all must live out our legend. Yes. Richard died, Deanna was forced to start over. She always had a passion for fashion and in 2017 embraced the mantra, be yourself, be fierce, be fashion, by launching the Deanna Marie label. She designed, produced, and launched three, not one, but three collections over the course of a few years. As a former designer, I know how tricky that can be. Oh, gosh, yeah. (laughs) And was named a finalist for Style Chicago's Design Challenge and presented by Cadillac. In 2019, Deanna read an article on how to start a podcast and just decided to go for it. Having overcome much abuse and trauma, she decided on the name Label Free. The Label Free Podcast is a show that highlights stories of people breaking free of the confines of societal labels to live a life that is truly fulfilling. Deanna, it is a pleasure to talk with you today and hear about your incredible journey. It's a pleasure to be here, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Fashion and style is very close to my heart. I was actually speaking to a coworker because I do I do have a full-time job as well about when I started getting into fashion and I had asked her, I told her, I said, I probably have about 500 pairs of shoes. And she's like, oh my God, I probably only have like 10. So I'm excited to be here and talk to you and share with your audience, you know, my story, how I can help empower your, your, the, the women that listen and all those good things. Yes. So let's talk about fashion. I read, I think you and I have much more in common than, than we know about. I read that you used to be, you start, you grew up sewing, you started making clothing for yourself. Yes. Yes. So I actually, at a very young age, my grandmother always had the most beautiful dresses, hats, shoes. My mom also kind of followed in those footsteps. And so at a young age, I was taught just to, you know, to dress a certain way. They were, you know, I kind of, I looked up to my grandma and my mom, like, my gosh, look how beautiful they are. And as I got old enough to learn how to sew, I would take pieces of clothing that I found in garage sales or clothes that I had that my mom bought me. And I would start just, you know, making alterations to them. And then when I was in junior high, I actually took home ec. So I learned how to sew even better. 
And then I continued that on into my high school career. And I took, you know, I think I took home. I don't think they called it home ec in high school, but whatever they called it back then, I took that the, for the last the next four years and just learned how to do a lot on my own sewing and making a lot of my own clothing and taking patterns. And it was, you know, I loved it. I actually have an outfit that I put on the runway in uh, Rhode Island that is still, it, you could still wear it today. It would still be in fashion. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I actually, I started sewing when I was much younger, about five or six years old, really, because my mom sewed. And so I started out making clothes for my Barbies. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> you got oh. a skill then. I don't know if I would have been able to do that five or six years old. I'd probably like prick my fingers a lot. Did you do uh, that? Well, I, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of screaming for my mom to come and thread the sewing oh. machine for me as it would always oh. come unthreaded. That's awesome. Uh, oh my goodness. Yes. So you really, you got your start after you graduated. You really got your start as an entrepreneur and in business. And tell me a little bit about, you know, how did you get how did you get started? Well, so my family, I come from a line of entrepreneurs. I actually started working for my grandparents at eight in their print shop, you know, scrubbing floors, doing odd jobs. And then, you know, whatever money I made, they put into my savings account. Um, when I turned 13, I actually started my own little babysitting business in cutting grass. And I, I probably papered a two mile radius with flyers, with my best friend offering babysitting, cutting grass and cleaning houses. So I did that from 13 to probably like 15. I made a lot of money and I actually used that money to go to one of my favorite stores at the time, which was in Wooddale, Illinois, called Fashion Warehouse. And I would go find the coolest outfits and I would, you know, if they had a button off or something like that, I would I would sew it, fix it, whatever I had to do. So that was probably my first experience as an entrepreneur. And then when I turned 18, I started an event uh, planning company and I did that. I was pretty successful in that. That's how I bought my first house at 23. I helped my mom buy her house when out probably before I was 23, I gave her, her a part of her down payment and then I bought mine. And then when I met my late husband, I closed that business business and we had, he had one when I met him, but actually it, at 2008 with the crash, the bank called the loan. So we had to rebuild. We probably lost about $10 million. Mm. It was a very, it was a, a, it was very difficult. It was quite the struggle, but we got through it and we grew our next business together to almost a double, double the size of that, of the first business. So we simultaneously started three other businesses during that time. And it was quite the, it was quite the juggle, but we made it work. Mm. I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and as and while and as he got progressively worse with his health, I was taking on a lot more at the business. And he was actually grooming me to be president. But before that happened, he passed. So it was, you know, it was it was a rough time there. The last, you know, in the last couple of years when he was getting more and more sick. So I'm sure. Does that answer your question? That feel I feel like that was very long winded. Oh no, that was great. Let's go back. You said 18. You started your yes. event planning business. Yes. That's amazing. How yeah. did I, there are so many questions around that? Like, how did you? I mean, first of all, as an 18-year-old, I mean, I think when I was 18, I was probably out partying and being crazy and not thinking at all about starting a business. Like for you to start not only an be an entrepreneur, but to start an event planning business, there's a lot that goes into that. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Tell me, tell me how did, well, first of all, like, how did you come up with the courage 
first of all, to do that at 18 years of age. And then, you know, what really got you into that? Well, I like my freedom. I, I like to be able to do what I wanted to do. So actually I was a personal trainer during that time as well. And so I did that simultaneously and just being a personal trainer, you get to meet a lot of people and they talk about throwing parties. So I just started helping friends with parties and then just kind of snowballed into being able to throw, throw events and, or, or plan events and help with the whole process. And, um, you know, I, I love to throw a party. I'm the first one there. Like I'm in, let's go. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. I love it. I just, you know, my kids are right around that age. I'm like, Hmm, maybe I should get them to get into something. Yeah. You never know. Light light a fire under their butt. I mean, if it's too good at home, they probably won't want to do that. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, So when you met your husband and you went into business together, that was a whole different journey for you. Yes. Actually, my my late husband wanted to take care of me. He wanted me to stay home. And um, at the time, you know, we had we actually worked together about 17 years. In the beginning, it was a little rough. He was a big bodybuilder. He did a lot of steroids. Mm-hmm. And if anybody has any experience with that, if you, they men that do steroids, it messes with their brain and they do a lot of crazy things. And so in the beginning, I didn't tolerate it. I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. So he tried sending me checks in the mail and just like wanting to take care of me. And I'm like, no, I'm not dealing that. That's not going to convince me to be with you unless, you know, that's great, but you have to be a good man. If you think that I'm just going to turn the other cheek and let you do whatever you want because you got all this money. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I know some women can do that. I personally cannot. Mm-hmm. My, I value myself too much. So he had to go to rehab a couple of times to, um, to get himself on the, on the right path. And, um, you know, after that, after we worked that out, then I was able to start working with him. I started going to trade shows and I started traveling with him everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then when his first business was when they pulled the loan because of the, the economy crashing in 2008, I actually fought with him. We were up until three o'clock in the morning fighting. I'm like, I'm going to be, he wanted to, he was going to have a meeting to start the new business. I'm like, I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I've committed my life to you. We're, you know, we're engaged to be married. This is my life too. If you think that I'm just going to, after what just happened, I'm just going to like sit back like la di da di da live in the clouds. That's just not me. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to know what's going on. I want to be a part of this because I know that I can help. I'm not stupid. I have experience. And so I sat in that meeting and, you know, a lot of the people that he had in the meeting from his previous company, they were, I mean, they were loyal to him. That's great. But they weren't the smartest knives in the drawer right. or the sharpest knives in the drawer, I should say. And, you know, as we started working together together, you know, over the next couple of years, actually, it wasn't too after that, too long after that. He's like, I underestimated you. So I know you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just, I kind of, you know, I have a very um, uh, aggressive personality. I have, I'm a leader naturally because I'm the oldest of five that I just kind of stepped into the role, stepped into business with him. And I, you know, I pushed, he would tell people, my wife is the driver of the business because I would, I would just drive things forward. Like, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, if you have a problem, you have to make a decision and solve it. If you sit there and think about it forever, that could be the detriment of your business. Mm -hmm. So right, wrong, or indifferent. I was the one that would, that would be able to make a decision. And, you know, most of the time it was right. <laughs> Luckily. Uh-huh. So Deanna, what motivates you to be so driven? You know what? I, I don't know. I, actually, I, I just am I'm a type A per, I have a type A personality. Mm-hmm. I 
believe. I think that after going through a lot of abuse in my early years and just going through some struggles that I real I I can see it and look at life and be like, you know, we have to leave an imprint on this world and leave it better than what we made it. Mm-hmm. And my drive is to is to really try to make a positive impact. And if I can touch one, if I can make an impact on one one person's life for the better, then I've done my job here. And, you know, I think we're all a little bit selfish, but at the end of the day, I'm selfless in the way, on the way I, I run my life. Yes. Yes. Now, I love your mantra that you had when you were a designer. Let's, let's talk about your time as a designer because oh gosh, yes. you, you kind of had to reinvent yourself. Yes. And start mm-hmm. your career after the loss of your husband. How tell me a little bit about that. And you know, how did fashion play into your life? I think you and I had had shared some conversation about, you know, as you after you lost your husband, how how the power of fashion yeah. helped you to pick yourself back up and get out there. And do you want sure. to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So I had always told my late husband I wanted to get in fashion because, you know, our businesses were solely around what he loved, which is automotive. I was, I'm a great leader. I wasn't passionate about it. I could care less about how cars work, how transmission works. I don't care. <laughs> like there's nothing about that that excites me. So I had always told him, you know, that I always wanted to get into fashion. He's like, sure, sure. You know, he's like, when, you know, when we get this business like off the ground, which it was off the ground, He's like, I'm going to support you. He's like, I can be your, your bitch. And I'm just like, aha, you're funny. And so actually before, prior to him passing, I looked into, I used to get WD, WWD magazine, mm-hmm. the fashion magazine. And I would look at it and I would read the articles and just so longingly like, oh, I would love to be a designer. I just love like clothes. And I, for me, when I get to ready, whether I'm going to the gym, when I'm, whether I'm going out to the grocery store, whether I'm going, you know, I have have to dress up for something. Mm-hmm. I feel that a way the woman, a woman represents herself is very um, significant in who she is as a person. Yeah. And even if you are having a bad day, when you put on an outfit that makes you feel better, mm-hmm. that it really changes your day. And I had a lot of days like that after he passed. It was not a pretty time. It was very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I actually probably would have been more successful in as a designer if I hadn't wanted to go so fast. Mm-hmm. Because I had found a, a company that did all the the design, like helped you with the design process with the fabric, you know, the getting samples, finding your fit model, all that stuff. And after I, after you know, several years of being in that industry, I probably could have saved myself a lot more money. Mm-hmm. I would have gone a lot slower. I wouldn't have designed so many pieces out of the gate. Because who was I? I was nobody. Like I had no name, so I shouldn't have gone so fast and so hard and, and invest so much money out of the gate, but it was my dream. I was trying to, I really didn't grieve, really grieve until several years after he passed. Cause I just wanted to stay busy hmm. and you know, it, it hit me after I decided like, okay, this fashion thing is not working out for me. I'm putting more money out than is coming in. I, that was when I, when I decided which is kind of weird when I decided to, to let, let that go and say enough's enough, mm-hmm. I started grieving, but I would, I love fashion. If I could go back and be a designer again, and who knows, maybe I will, maybe after our, the pod, you know, mm-hmm. our podcasts are taking off these days, maybe later on down the line, I'll go a little bit slower. I'll be my own fit model. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have picked a skinny runway model as a fit model. Like I did. Mm-hmm. I would 
tailor the clothes. I would have the clothes just my sample sizes for me mm -hmm. so that I could wear them in and post them and market them for me. I listened to the people that I that I had engaged to help me with that process. In hindsight, I wouldn't do that again. But whatever, it's here, nor, here, neither here nor there. Um, yeah, that was a, a great journey. And I, if I'm lucky enough to go back to it, I fabric speaks to me and I, I realized that that's a gift. So when I would, when I was there going through the whole process and I picked up a piece of fabric, I could see what it, I was, I could see what I was going to create it, make it, you know, mm -hmm. like if this is going to be a shirt with a long, you know, bow and all this stuff. So that, that part for me was fun because I'm, I'm very cre creative that way. But what do, you, um, what do you look for in fabrics? You know, soft, mm. durable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I don't now. Now after going through that process and creating so many different, like creating three collections, mm -hmm. you know, you go to the store and you feel something like, oh, this is not made. <laughs> this is a very bad fabric. This is, yeah. and like you know everything that goes into it. It's just like even if it's a cute like item, even as like a throw. I call them throwaway clothes because you're you're trendy. You, you know, you buy some trendy pieces or throwaway clothes. Mm -hmm. Even that, if it's a it's a fabric that feels bad, like I just won't, I won't even, I won't spend the five dollars or ten dollars or whatever it is. But mm -hmm. it has to be soft. I mean, there are so many great options now, and even sustainable fabrics have come a long way. Like I remember when I went to the um, the fabric show in New York, mm -hmm. I was very impressed by how how like some of those sustainable fabrics are. are it's amazing. You know, I was yeah. a designer for twelve years. I don't know if I, I shared that with you, but. That actually, when I started sewing years ago, when I made Barbie clothes, I just remember this divine knowing of like, you're going to be a designer. Yeah. And oh. so that was my path for a while. And it, it was, it's definitely a journey and being on oh, yeah. the other end of it as a style coach, owning a boutique, buying, I, I, I'm where I need to be right now. Yeah. yeah. Do you miss that process though? You know, sometimes, and I, you know, I yeah. still have clients who come in and they say, well, you know, one day I hope you'll get back into it. Like, I just feel like in, in some ways, I remember when I retired, I remember from designing, telling a friend that I'm no longer a designer. And it was this moment of this identity crisis, like that's how I identified myself. And she said, she just looked at me and she said, you know what? You'll always be a designer at heart. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm not, don't, not, just because that door yeah. is closing right now doesn't mean that. Yeah. But I think it's given me such a different perspective as a style sure. coach to be able to dress women and look at things in in such different ways and you know one of my favorite things as a style coach is when a woman puts on a piece of clothing and it just empowers her yes talk to me about that about how clothing can you feel clothing can empower women absolutely um so i'll have a story and i think i shared the story with you when we had our initial phone call um, when I was going through all the legalities after my husband passed, it was not pretty. It was a typical like um, what you hear about on like the the soap operas, you know, when someone passes the because he I had four stepdaughters and, you know, uh, they didn't really like me. I, I tried my best. I tried my best, you know, and they just didn't they, the, the, the the mother was never really a good person. So going through the whole legalities, it was really tough. And I remember I had to show up and I, the family was going to be in court. Luckily, they were never really in court, but I knew that this day they were going to be in court. And I, I had felt so beat down because they, they really wanted me to leave with nothing, not my clothes, 
they wanted me to leave with nothing. like just the clothes like I was wearing on my back. Mm-hmm. And I got up that day and I put on this very sleek, beautiful, I have wore black tights. I put on my, um, my Jimmy Choo's. I had a beautiful black like skirt to, you know, this beautiful like black shirt. And then I had this cape that I had a rhinestone D on the cape. And I just walked into that freaking courtroom, like Coco Chanel, like, you know, I, and that outfit really set me up for success that day. Cause I knew like I had to walk in there just even, even no matter how broke down or beat down, I felt inside because of what I had been going through. I showed up just in like this power outfit that made me feel powerful. It made me feel beautiful. It made me feel worthy. Mm-hmm. It just like that, you know, I feel like when you're walking into a situation, you really need to dress the part and, and, and dressing that part can give you so much more courage and get and really empower you to be that person that you need to be in that moment, regardless of what's going on in the background. Mm-hmm. So I, I did walk out of court that day successful. <laughs> Needless to say, even the judge told me, she's like, Deanna, you look beautiful today. And I was just like, Woo! <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Very good. Very good. Yes. Yeah. It's so amazing. I think for women, you know, being a style coach and looking at women, who we are on the inside really is reflected back to us in what we wear on the outside. Yeah, for and sure. We so. aren't. And it's like, you know, I, I kind of tell my clients, I, I'm, I have mixed feelings about the phrase, fake it till you make it. Oh, really? I'm a big believer in authenticity. Okay. But I do know that on the days that you're not feeling great or not feel, you feel like you need some help. Clothes could be a powerful tool. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I can see your point with don't, you know, like that phrase, but even like, if you have to dress for the life that you want, not the life that you have. And yes. even if you, yes. even if you don't have much money, if you can, you can go to Goodwill and find some really great pieces for that, that can help you empower your life to become more than what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you put, like, I believe when you step out, out of the house, you need to put your best foot forward. I don't want to walk out of my house looking like a bum, even if I'm going to the gym, I'm not doing that because even, I don't care how I'm, how I'm feeling for the day. If I'm, you know, as a woman, you know, we have PMS, whatever, you know, you're monthly. I don't care if I'm feeling like garbage, I'm going to walk out of the house looking good because I respect myself. And when other people look at me, they're going to respect me too. They don't need to know how I'm feeling on the inside. Right. That, that's me. Like, just like, you're not going to, I don't want to take out my bad day on someone. I don't want them to know what I'm dealing with on the inside. And that is, that allows me to be sympathetic and compassionate towards other people, because just by looking at someone, you do not know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to, to live a life like that, where you're not going to focus on me, 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 I'm feeling this way. Woe is me allows you to you know, Hey, this person might be having a bad day too. I'm, I'm going to treat them with kindness, even if I'm feeling crappy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yes, clothes, I think clothes really help to set the tone. You know, when oh, you, yeah. walk, when you mm-hmm. wake up in the morning and you walk in your closet, if you're standing there wondering like, what do I wear? How am I going to get, put something together? And then you pull something together in a hurry and you don't love it and you run out the door. Yeah. That's the energy that you carry with you. But when oh, yeah. you can be thoughtful and meaningful and put together something that you love, it's a powerful feeling. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I have those, those days, like today, I actually surprised that my outfit turned out so well. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up, I rolled out of bed a little late and I was just like, 
oh crap, what am I going to wear to work today? Because, you know, I, I have to wear business casual. I can't just mm-hmm. put jeans on and, you know, a funky shirt. I got to, I got to look, I gotta look nice when I come into work. It turned out good. I actually am wearing something that I bought at Topshop in New York, in Soho, I think it was, when I went there to start designing my first collection. Awesome. And I'm like, oh, it still fits. Yay. It looks fabulous from what I could tell. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I've actually started picking out my clothes the night before. And it's interesting. Awesome. I've got our, a mem- monthly membership that we have called the School of Style. And one of, and some of our assignments, you know, I've, I have encouraged our members to start picking out your clothes for the next two, three, four days. And I've started doing that as well. I've done that over the years, but I kind of got out of the habit. But I tell you what, it saved my bacon last week because I have to leave the house every morning at quarter <laughs> seven to take get my son to school. And I yeah, woke yeah. up and it, with seven minutes to spare one day last week, my alarm did not go off. And oh. I walked into my closet, I had this moment of like, oh, can I just pull on sweatpants? And then I'm like, no, what are no. you thinking? And I walked into my closet, and I realized I've got this beautiful outfit already picked out the shoes, the jewelry, the lingerie, like everything was set. I'm like, I'm good to go. And I just, and I had a networking meeting first thing in the morning, I walked into that meeting and instead of being stressed and frazzled and like, oh, don't look at me today. I was like, oh, you know, I was just present. And then you own that day, girl, you own that day, even though you got, we're late, you still own that day. (laughs) Nobody knew, you know, I didn't walk around apologizing like, oh, don't look at me because I I did my makeup in the Starbucks parking lot. (laughs) But I, I think that it's that energy of, you know, when you are able to take time and respect yourself and have your own back to, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. It just carries with you throughout your life. Absolutely. It makes a big difference. It sets sets the tone, like you said, and it makes a a dramatic difference when you, you take a little bit of time to, I don't know, to be more conscious of what you're doing and how you're going to dress for the next day. I I do believe that. Yes. Yes. Now, Deanna, you have reinvented yourself a couple of different times throughout your life. What advice would you give to women? You've done it beautifully and gracefully, I might add. But what advice would you give to a woman who, you know, whether she's lost her spouse or she's just wondering like, what's next for me? What advice would you offer to start that next chapter? Well, I would say um, be authentic, but be bold. Mm -hmm. If there is, I think that there, it's always a good time to reinvent yourself, whether you're going through something traumatic or going through a good, good phase in your life. I think reinventing yourself is just a, a a part of the evolution for us as women, as human beings. And, you know, you be, could be going through a time period where you're feeling a little bit more funky. Like for me, I was feeling very funky after my husband passed. And instead of like, I did wear a lot of black, but it was a lot of like very cool, like strong, you know, sleek, um, powerful outfits. I had shaved the side of my head. I dyed my hair purple and it was, and it looked, it looked good. It wasn't bad. I wore it well, but that was just where I was at that time. And that was like what, who I had to be. That's what the image I had to put out into the world to get through that time period. So I'd say, Hey, you know what? It's never too late to try something different with your style. And as you're, as you're experimenting with your style, you you might find who you were really meant to be the whole time. You know, I mean, you'll fall into who that, who you are supposed to be, you know, because you know, as we evolve, we hopefully we're not staying the same. I know I haven't. <laughs> I'm actually in a very good place in my life, 
get through all that stuff. You had to, yeah, I had to go through all of that to get to where I am today. And it was well worth the journey. Well mm -hmm. worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been talking a little bit on the podcast and um, just just over social media about how my own style has been evolving. And it's interesting because I've always been, you know, very dramatic. And lately I'm stepping more into more classic pieces. I would never have worn a button down shirt. Really? You, you know, look beautiful. I love this whole, I love this whole outfit. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Gorgeous. you like, the red nails, the earrings. I think, I mean, yeah, you're classic, but you got like, you got some edge to you. Oh, I mean, yeah. Good. But it's like just it. interesting. You know, I think as we women evolve and just really honoring like where we yes. are and listening to you know maybe something that we loved when we were younger that we didn't have time for or weren't able to step into really i think it's i feel like i've talked with so many women who have stepped back into something that they were always passionate about yeah, yeah. and they're able to see it at a deeper level do you feel like that was kind of the case for you when you got back into fashion yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I still have stuff from when I was like a teenager. So I there are certain things I just have not let go. And I am actually shocked I still fit in them. I'm lucky for that. But I, you know, I, I've, I've cut as I have evolved, I've still kind of maintained some of those foundational pieces of myself. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's layers to us. So yes, I, I mean, sure. yes, I think I've gone back, then I've gone kind of leap forward, then I go back again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you start, you leave some of it behind, you take a little bit with you, you add this one, this layer, you, you know, it's just, yeah, I think it's just part of, part of our journey. Yes. Part of our evolution. Now let's talk about your podcast for a minute. Oh, okay. you started okay. that. Was it in 2019? Yes. And mm -hmm. so, years. yeah, podcasts have been around for a while, but you know, it just seems like in the past, probably since you started or past year pandemic, really, that podcasts have just like totally gained momentum oh yeah huge what, what got you interested in starting a podcast so after my third collection i did a huge event against human trafficking i got six other um, chicago designers to participate it was a beautiful event at the stan mansion in chicago i had liquor sponsors you know we had about 300 people that participated between the models, the designers, the hair and makeup, just everybody. It was awesome. And I told myself after this third collection, if nothing happened with it, nothing like of, like came from it, I was going to be done with fashion. Mm -hmm. I couldn't keep throwing good money after that. As much as I loved it, I didn't have deep pockets like that to keep to keep doing that. So um, after that, after that event was over, I kind of felt a little like I, I felt a little bit like a failure. I'm not going to lie. Like I was like, oh, man, I did this. You know, nothing really happened. You know, I didn't really succeed fin financially, but I did succeed in following through with my dream, making it happen, putting myself out there because that is very scary. I didn't realize how scary that was until I actually decided to do that. So I grew a lot during that process. And um, so I got an email, how to start a podcast for under $100 one day after that was all over. And I was just like, being in a place of like, what's next? What's next? What am I going to do next? I always have to have something going on. I do. I'm like type A all the way. Let's, you know, got to juggle, multitask. I read this email and I'm like, why not? I'm like, I don't know who the F I think I am, but I'm just going to go and I'm going to start one. And so I talked to my best friend, you know, about my, uh, how I felt over the last couple of years, people putting labels on me. And I'm like, I just don't want to live with these labels on me anymore. I want to just live as who I am 
and who like, and that's it authentically. And I don't give a crap what people say about me. They can continue to put the labels on me, but I don't have to own that. Mm -hmm. And so we came up with label free podcasts and to live your best life, live label free. And it's just been a very beautiful journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I started, it started off as a passion project. You know, I remember my first episode, like my introductory episode, I've had to do it like 10 times. Mm. I was like, holy crap, this is hard. I'm talking like, like your introductory episode is just yourself. And I'm like, I had to drink a bottle of red wine that day. And I'm like, it took it was t- 10 times to get it done, but I did it. And it's just been, it's been so much fun. I've actually uh, just exceeded over 50,000 downloads. I've had my fourth sponsor. Um, and I've just, I actually just, the a big network has reached out to me again to get on there. And so, I mean, it's a great space to be in. We're in a good position for yes. podcasts. I, I think that they're going to continue to continue to grow because how we communicate has definitely has shifted over the last two years. And mm-hmm. podcasting is a big part of that. And so, yeah. um, but I love it when I get emails and messages from people where this episode has touched their lives mm-hmm. and they really connected with this guest or I just bought that book from your author, or I signed up to with this coach, that to me is just totally worth it. Forget all the numbers, all these fancy numbers, this, that, the other thing, Um, that, that, that means the world to me. That's huge. That's huge. Yes, it is. Yeah. Influential and be able to make a difference in others' lives. And just like what you're doing. It's powerful. So let's talk about labels for a minute. What, yeah. what's your experience with labels? Well, obviously negative. I feel like I think anybody that, you know, a label can be like a stereotype, you know, a label can be, you know, I was a, a widow, mm-hmm. you know, I did not want, I did not want that label, but people put that label on me. Mm-hmm. And so in order for me to kind of get over that, I had to say, yeah, I'm, I am a widow, mm-hmm. but I didn't, couldn't own that because to me, like in my mind, a widow is just, and it, that was uh, trying to date afterwards is very difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was ready to date, I, 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 I couldn't tell men that I was a widow because that would, they would get scared off. And that was very interesting. I wasn't prepared for that. I was like, oh, this is weird, you know, but mm-hmm. a widow, I like to dress a little sexy. I have, I, I'm blessed with a, a nice body. I take care of myself. And, you know, I know that I've gotten a lot of labels where, oh, because she dresses this way, she might be, she's a slut mm-hmm. or she's this, she's that, which I'm the furthest thing from that. Mm-hmm. But I like to, I think that if a woman has a nice body, I think you should appreciate it and show it off because you know what, you're not going to have that body forever. Take lots of pictures, yes. post, do whatever <laughs> you want, take lots of pictures and like love who you are. Cause that is the body God gave you. We're only here for one life, you know, like enjoy it while you can. So I, those labels, you know, I'm very aggressive. I'm very strong. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a little bit of a deeper voice. So I've had, I've had men call me different names, like, you know, Oh, you must be a, you know, a transvestite or, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, just you're a bitch, which I think a lot of women in the workplace get that if they're aggressive type A, you know, I'm just like, whatever I'm not, you know, this is just who I am. And actually I was a guest on time to shine today. And I had said, you know, I'm going to swear, I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to be this, but that doesn't make me any less of a human being or any less than a woman, just because I have those personality traits. Right. So, right. No, I love it. I think, yeah, I think it's a great name. And I think, you know, so many, there are so many 
labels that we want to put yes. on people and situations. And it's just, it, a lot of it is negative. Oh, yes, very a much. A lot of it is negative. So I love that your podcast is called Label Free. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. A lot of people relate to it because I think a lot of people um, can relate to feeling that, that they have a lot of labels put on them and they don't like it, you know, because it's kind of like living in a prison a little bit. You know, you want to be this way, but people are thinking you're this way. So do you just say, you know, for me, I'm just like, you can think whatever you want. I'm just going to be who I am. And your labels, it's like you bounce off me, you know, I'm rubber, you're glue. <laughs> <laughs> bounces off of me six to you you know uh -huh. <laughs> that's absolutely. how i look at it <laughs> absolutely yes so yeah so what does label free mean to you what does it mean to live a label free life uh, i think free very free mm -hmm. very authentic um just know like nothing really is going to hold me back you know, I'm just going to, I, I, you know, I pretty much have lived my whole life like this. You know, if I have an idea, I'm going for it. Like, that's it. I'm off to the races. Um, but now I, I really, I just don't before, like I said, when I started the getting into fashion and putting that first collection out there, that was very scary hmm. to, to actually put yourself out there. Like what we do with the podcast. And it, it's very scary to, for a lot of people too, to, to put yourself out there you know, be subject to scrutiny, be subject to judgment, mm -hmm. be subject to, you know, because people, I think, I don't know, I think it really depends on, on the person, but we see a lot more negativity these, these days than we do positive. Mm -hmm. And for me, I, I'm not like that. If I don't have anything positive to say, I'm not going to say anything at all, but I always try to find the good. You know, I want to be that positive voice. Even when I'm having such a hard time, I want to be a positive person. Yeah. Because it's really, I mean, mindset is everything, mm -hmm. you know, like with your style, when you're coaching people with style, you know, you, you styling them and helping them fit into a new persona or empowering them to, to step out into this new style. Mm -hmm. It's also them helping them change their mindset to be stronger, to be more brave, to have courage mm -hmm. and to just kind of take on life a different way. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, did they answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's so much. Yeah, style is such an interesting thing. I, I tell my clients, I'm like, style is not the most important thing. But no. if you don't handle your style, you're like, oh, you know, I hate the shirt. My earrings don't yeah. work. It, it's, are they looking at me because of my outfit? It just, I think it opens up a lot of self doubt. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. And you have a lot of, it, it can undermine your confidence. And so it's not, it's not the number one thing, but if it's not, if it's not taken care of, it will, it will become the number one thing. Yes, I, that's true. I, like I talked to so many women who are like, oh, you know, I just, I'm not, I've gained weight. I'm not putting myself together. I'm not feeling good. And it can just really just zap. Wow. Then it's time to go shopping, buy something that's going to make you feel good. And then maybe you'll yes. be motivated to like lose those extra pounds. Cause I know that's what I do. If I'm getting caught, like I've my fiance, I'm, I'm engaged and oh, we've been yeah. living this honeymoon life. We are in our love bubble a hundred and thousand percent, but I have definitely kind of, I take, I mean, I put myself together every day. That's not the problem, but I am not working out as much. You know, we're, okay. we're enjoying those donuts on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I said, um, I need to really kind of get back to my routine. <laughs> so I have gone shopping, uh, you know, a few times here and there over the last year, just to kind of buy some clothes and make me feel 
Yeah, feel a little bit better because I put on a few extra pounds and you know, whatever it's, it's been, he is an amazing man. And I'm very blessed to have found love like this at this stage in my life after Good everything I've gone through. So it's been Good a blessing. Yes. But you know what? It's, it's not, I think so many women get so hung up on the pounds. You seem like you've got a pretty healthy perspective on it, but it's just, you know, it's like when you can love yourself wherever you are and find an outfit. I love that you went out and just bought some new clothes. Just, you know what? Embrace it. Like you said, yeah. this is the body God gave us and wherever we are in our journey, just, you know, find something that makes you feel beautiful right now. Amen, sister. Yes. yes. Amen. That's an excuse to go shopping. <laughs> love to shop. There you go. Oh, well, Deanna, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to talk with yes. you and hear about your journey. And I will be sure to put all of your links in the show notes so our listeners can reach out. They can connect with you. They can go listen to your podcast. And I've listened to a little bit of your podcast and cannot wait to listen to more because you are a powerhouse. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm, I've, this has been awesome, Michelle. I've had a blast and I love what you do because I think that more women, even though it's going to be 2022, I think more women still need to be empowered. And I, and I think that if you, you know, I know you don't like this phrase, fake it till you make it, but that, that one outfit, you find that one outfit that you feel so comfortable in, you feel confident, you feel beautiful, you feel sexy, you feel all those things you want to feel, you can go out and conquer the world. That'll change your life. That's right. That's your secret <laughs> weapon. Style That's is your secret weapon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, sorry. Awesome. Well, Deanna, thank you so much for being here. Okay. I will put all your, drop all your links in the show notes and please go connect with Deanna. Go listen to the label free podcast full of good stuff. And I hope you have a beautiful day. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Style by Mary Michelle, where women come to get dressed in seven minutes or less. If you enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to leave me a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Style by Mary Michelle and shop our boutique at shopstylefinder.com for the best in upscale casual apparel. Better yet, if you're in the Raleigh area, come see us. We're located in the North Hills Shopping Center, the premier shopping district in Midtown Raleigh. For details and links mentioned in this episode, be sure to see the show notes. Have a beautiful week.